Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos and today I'm going to be answering Nellie Nixon's question she sent through Instagram and I'm going to read it out but I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm not good at reading out loud especially at you know almost nine o'clock at night doing it late because I really don't want to miss out this week and I really want to get something out and also she's asked me a question. I guess we answered it um, through the message but I thought We're just going to delve deep into a couple of the concepts here and just talk about how I can kind of help Nelly. So she writes here, long time listener, love the podcast, so thank you. I have a D-sex Portuguese water dog that's nearly two years old. So two weeks ago, she visited her parents where there's another male dog, was aggressive towards her, not a proper fight, easy to separate. And, you know, her dog, no, yeah. We separated them for the rest of the visit. She's been around dogs since, showing obedience to issues. Yesterday at the park, playing fetch. We were doing some training before she got the ball, so some frustration on her part. A currently similar size but younger dog approached and took a ball. She shared fine normally, but it seemed to be the sniffing each other part she attacked. No biting on top, growling and barking. Unsure of the best reaction for her at the time. Do I need to reassure that she's safe? Tell her off. Leave immediately. So, pretty decent questions to a, to a situation. I guess the thing that I guess we're going to kind of label this sort of, this episode here is about sharing the tennis ball. For me, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think we should be sharing something. If your dog's really, really invested in the tennis ball and sees it as really motivating enough that you can use it as your use it as a reward for your obedience training. We don't want other dogs to come and then take it and run away because that's just going to um, cause too many issues. And in this situation, it cause, it could cause like resource guarding. Your dog really wants the ball and will bite another dog for it. It seems like here there was like a situation that unraveled after um, when they were sniffing and having that sort of interaction where your dog went to um, lunge and bite. So many things come up. And it's really hard because I'm not, I haven't seen the dog, I haven't met the dog. I don't know anything about the situation except for what I've read to you. So, and that there was a previous incident with another dog. So, that happened two weeks ago. So, I guess the first thing is your dog's now had an incident with the male dog two weeks ago where it shook her up and created a little bit of a fear response. The fear response is the bite, the the attack that she's done now to this this, um, existing dog. I guess- the most important thing and the thing that I I, I um, gave the I gave the advice to Nelly and I also told her, well, if I didn't tell her in the message to check out um, Advocate for Your Dog and I give my dog space, I'm pretty sure that's the episode, that's the, the name of the episode that we called it, and Advocate for Your Dog. So, if I'm playing with the ball, okay, I'll give you a perfect example and could have escalated into a very similar situation that Nelly had. So, I was on the way home from a session just the other day. And it was about seven o'clock at night. I pulled up and I thought Chili didn't get as much um, training and exercise in the day that I would have liked. So I thought I'd give him like a seven minute training session um, with the, the the ball and the rope. So I'm training with him, doing stuff, 
And while we're training, there's a soccer field that we were at, but we were on the outside of it, and there was a fence surrounding the soccer field. And I just saw this large border collie running sh- like around the park, and you could tell that he was running towards us, tail up, ears forward, just running straight up. I'm like, oh my god! F- worst case scenario, dog runs up and full full blown attacks Chili, or he comes up, gets all pushy, jumps on him. Chili's in drive, waiting for the ball. He turns around and in drive and in um and through frustration and you know could you know give a social correction. It could be that while Chili's focused on me and supposed to be engaging with me, I've let another dog come and jump on him, which then loses his trust, which means less focus on me because now he has to worry about do- that. He has to worry about dogs approaching him and the fact that I allow it to happen. So many things can happen. What I did while we're playing, I had the ball. I, I think I told Chili, I didn't tell Chili to do anything actually. He was just standing there waiting for a command. As the dog was coming, I took a couple of steps in front of Chili, made my body language big, and I made the dog stop. I, ah, and I kind of, hey, stop. The dog stopped. Then after he stopped, walked towards Chili. Chili looked at him, looked back at me. I told Chili to run around. I then got him to down. So I got him to do something, get him to down so I can keep his focus on me and I repositioned him. I got, I kind of stood in between the dogs. I'm like, hey, go on, back off, back off, go away. The dog went to go sniff. I rewarded the dog. We continued going. I then took the ball from Chili because the dog wasn't interested in the ball, put the ball into my pocket. I told him finished and then I just continued walking. The owner came, grabbed the dog. I'm like, hey, you shouldn't let your dog run up to other dogs. I couldn't be bothered for confrontation. So it just is what it is. So it could have been different. It could have been that let's say the dog came up with excitement and just barreled Chili over. Chili's pretty light and he probably would have felt the impact from that. So even though that could have been like maybe the medium case situation that would have happened, like, you know, low level, I would say that still is not ideal. I don't want my dog to have that lack of trust. I want Chili and he and it was clear to him, you could even see in his body language that he goes, oh, panels will stop any threat from coming close to me. All I have to do is focus on him. So in this situation with with your dog, Nelly, he's had a dog came and took your dog's ball, ran off, and then now she's like, I have to like grab the ball off the dog and I'm pretty insecure around dogs and, and maybe the dog postured or maybe the dog growled or maybe it was vice versa. Some, there, was a, there was a physical altercation and then something happened. And then what should you do, should you do in the moment is probably for another episode um, talking about how to break up a dog fight and all that sort of stuff. But in this moment, I guess the remedy is as soon as you see another dog approaching, you tell the dog finished and we walk off. And we don't share the ball with other dogs. If you need to fend the other dog away, and then you can listen to the episode we talked about, you know, keeping your dog safe and advocating for your dog. Check that one out. I'm going to find real quickly right now what episode that is because I don't really remember the name of it. But if you're going to go looking for it, then it will be good for you to find it. Give me one second. Don't touch my dog advocating for your animals when in public. And that's episode 123. So you can check that out in terms of different different ways to, to manage these situations. So, um, but again, as I said, just find another place to train with your dog. So that way there, your dog can still keep focus on you. You can keep her safe. She doesn't have to do that in off leash sort of situation um, or in a long lead situation. Because this doesn't seem like your dog's walking past dogs, locks onto another dog and then wants to attack. It seems to be like a social interaction that, that you need to work on. And in that situation, you need to be able to read dog's body language. 
as things start to escalate, you see hackles and tails and eyes and ears and, and you know, growling or body posturing. There's all these different things that are taken into consideration. You need to be able to understand what's happening and not just see the bah and the barking and the growling and the lunging. We want to see what's happening as, that's, as it's escalating and be able to stop it as you, if it's necessary, when it's necessary and what to do would be specific to each situation. It'd be very hard for me to say, step in and face this dog and do that to this dog. It'd be very hard. It's about establishing effective control as much as, as quick as you can so your dog doesn't learn that she has to lunge and bark and growl at another dog to keep them away. Because as she gets into a habit of doing this and expressing that behavior, that's when she's going to start to um, rely on it. And there could become a problem later down the track months down the track she may just start lunging at dogs and barking at them and then you say out of nowhere she did it but it's not out of nowhere they, it, these things may start happening from now depending on how you rectify it and don't be too scared of dogs now that we've had an incident or two now we have to keep clear from dogs because you're not going to be able to desensitize it but be appropriate with that socialization when it's ball time it's you and dog time it's not about going to a place where you know you're going to see other dogs if you're going to be in a social sit- setting where you know off-lead dogs are going to come up. Then we do no no ball. And as you're walking through the park, I would just, with your dog on a long lead, let your dog interact with another dog if appropriate. And then we continue to move on. We keep it very brief and we just keep that flow. Um, find a place where you're secluded to do your own thing. Um, that's what I would give as quick advice for you, Nelly, and for anyone else in a similar situation. Think about that. And remember, the ball time is a two-player game. You and her are playing. It's not about... Your dog, your dog sharing a ball or a toy with other dogs. Um, I don't want that from tennis balls. Maybe if your dogs are playing in the backyard and there's like a tug or a toy or a stuffed toy and they're kind of wrestling and playing with it, completely sweet. But for a tennis ball, it's sacred. So make it currency between you and your dog. Hope this answers your question, Nelly. Um, anyone else is listening, thank you for listening. Much love to you all. And until next time, keep training your dogs and have fun and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna.com.au. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna Canine Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.